Or can I ask you a question? In fact, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. You know what a rhetorical question is, right? A rhetorical question is a question where the answer is so obvious, there's no need for you to even respond. So here it is. Do you want to be closer to God in 2023? Or in other words, do you want to grow closer in knowing him personally? To grow with him, to know with him, to know him better this year in 2023, to have a deeper walk, to have a deeper intimate fellowship with him this year. I was thinking of an email that John Kennedy had sent out to the men's ministry team here, this men's ministry group, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was about three weeks ago by now, and he was sharing some research that he had done on people's intentions in 2023. And he was sharing that, you know, as part of his research, he said that for those that have intentions, about one in four people, their intentions fall by the wayside within the first week of their stated intentions. And only 9% of the people actually follow through, actually carry out their intentions and having it play out in reality. 9%. That's essentially one in ten persons. So if that's true and I ask you, do you want to grow closer to God in 2023? Do you want to grow closer in knowing him personally? It becomes a question not so much of do you want to, but more so what are you going to do about it to make it happen? If it's going to happen, if you're going to be serious about it, what steps are you going to take to help them make that happen in 2023? That's really the question. That's the issue. Pastor Mike asked me to talk this morning about devotions. Having a devotional life that involves some sort of a, a rhythmic pattern to it that in, involves the likes of prayer and listening to God and being in his word, being consistent and persistent and disciplined in those things. Things that obviously we have to move toward if you and I are going to be intentional and follow through on what we said that we want to have happen in 2023. Because our soul, that part of us that connects with God, where God is present to us, that part of you that is the most real. The part that even goes beyond what exists of us because it is still going to exist even after our, our body goes into the ground. The very essence of us that God knew before he even brought us into a physical form. Our soul, that part of us where God is present to us. Romans 8.16 says this. It tells us that the Holy Spirit bears witness to our spirit about the things that are true. And Jesus himself even said things about our soul. 
He says this in Mark 8, 36. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So obviously, we're to pay attention to our soul. To help about its growth, its development, its maturity. And it makes me curious to want to know what my soul, what your soul wants to say to God. And what God maybe wants to say to your soul. Because I think Jesus points to this in the Gospel of John. This is a statement right from his own lips. We heard part of it this, this morning. He says this, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Other translations, instead of using the word remain, use the word abide, like we heard earlier this morning, like the ESV or the NRSV. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. So when Jesus is talking about the vine, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about growth. He's talking about fruit. And what he's really saying is that in me, he's saying, he's saying that, you know, you've got enormous potential for change. Enormous potential for change. Because the word fruit in the Bible always has to do with character. Always. For example, in Galatians 5.22, talks about this, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is operative in your life, the fruit bears, bears love. Do you want to be more loving this year? The fruit of the Spirit exhibits joy, it exhibits peace, it exhibits patience. That involves forgiveness, kindness, being less selfish, goodness. That's integrity, faithfulness, that's, that's courage, gentleness, that's humility. Self-control. And Jesus is saying in this passage that we're looking at this morning in, in John 15, where he's saying, you know, that I am the vine. He's saying, I am the key to all that. I am the key. Back in October, I had the opportunity to go to be a part of what was called a prayer summit. It was put on by One Way Ministries, and it was held at Camp Iowa over the course of two or three days or so. And Pastor Mike was there, although we weren't roommates, so I don't know whether or not he snores or not. I, I don't know that. But, but I was assigned a roommate that I had never met before. And I came to learn that part of his devotional discipline was to connect with God for an hour in solitude in prayer and listening in prayer and 
reflecting upon his word. And, and he would do this at 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 12 midnight every day, at least Monday to Friday, five days a week. And I asked him, I said, do you only need four or five hours of sleep a night? And he said, yes, precisely. And I thought, anybody who answers with precisely has got to be disciplined, right? They have to be disciplined. And I don't know about you, but I know I need eight hours of sleep a night. So I know that I could not follow his, his pattern or his routine, which is to say that God is probably maybe not calling you and me to follow exactly the same devotional pattern as his. Ours probably takes on a little bit of a, a different maybe shape to it. But I will say this, that knowing his commitment and his devotional discipline in connecting with the Lord, that when he talks, I'm paying attention. When you're with him, when you are with him, you just sense this fruit that comes from his inner being that is it's calm, it's tender, it's peace-filled, it's unhurried, not like the, the pinball that is darting around inside of me at times. When you're with him, he, he, is, he is present with you. He is totally attentive and engaged with you in the moment. The fruit that points to his character, character that results as a result of his vital connection to the vine, namely Jesus. Jesus goes on, he goes on to say here, if you remain in me or abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. What does it mean to remain or to abide in him? It means to depend on him. To lean into him. To press into him. To have his words dwell in you. To, to reflect upon them. To ruminate upon them. To digest them. And to have them come on the inside of you and become a part of you. So that you look at yourself through it. You look at the world through it. But it all stems from having a disciplined practice of reflection, of meditation, and even of memorization of Scripture. It's all a part of you saying to yourself, how do I, how do I make this a part of how I think and breathe and live and and think of myself. So let the Bible address you. Let the Bible argue with you. Let the Bible preach to you. Let the Bible become a part of you. Those are the things that are related to having a, a regular, consistent 
devotional practice in connecting with the Lord. But it's this idea of depending upon him. You're, you're drawing on him. You're drawing on his life and his juice. As it says in Colossians 3, 16, the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly. The psalmist even talks about this in Psalm 119, where he says this. He says, your words are sweeter than honey that come to my mouth. You, you eat them. Do you know what it means to let his words remain or abide in you? Because if you don't, you can kiss all of the promises about growth goodbye. One of the things I sometimes get concerned about Christians is that a lot of Christians are so busy doing things for God. They are they're doing stuff for him and his kingdom. They're serving him and they're doing a great job of it, but they're so busy doing things for him that they actually are people that in the process are beginning to think, you know, I'm sure God loves me. I mean, look at all the things I do for him. I'm sure he loves me. But such a believer is reasoning or surmising or, or inferring the love of God. They are not necessarily experiencing the love of God, they are reasoning or inferring the love of God instead of drawing on him. Surely, since I am a nice Christian, God must love me. I'm sure he does. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he does too. But you are just simply inferring it, inferring the love of God. You don't really know his friendship. You, don't, you are not abiding in him to know his intimacy with you. You are not really knowing him. You're not really walking with him. You're not really listening to him. And after a while, after some of the weeks roll by, and maybe, then the months roll by, and maybe, yes, maybe even the years, you're finding that you're not really all changing all that much. There is, there is little fruit because you are not drawing. You are not drawing on Christ, the vine. This past Christmas, one of the traditions that we have in our own household is that at the foot of everyone's bed in our family, there is a Christmas stocking that is filled with all sorts of goodies when you wake up on Christmas morning. And in my stocking, I was surprised with three books. And I brought them with me. One of them is on Earth as in Heaven by N.T. Wright. Another one is Reading Scripture After Genetic Science. Hello. <laughs> Adam and the Genome. Sounds kind of heavy to me, I don't know. Pastor Paul, Nurturing a Culture of Crystalformity in the Church by Scott McKnight. I like reading, and I like maybe hearing some of the whispers that heaven has whispered to those people of faith. But this has reminded me of something that I, 
I said to my wife a while back, that if I were to return to seminary, I would take philosophy. I would take a doctorate of philosophy program. I'm all for higher education to learn and to grow. And I would choose philosophy now, at least in a Christian setting, because it is referring to the pursuit or love of, of wisdom. And I think there would be probably, you know, great benefit by being part of such a, a program. It would involve guided study, and there probably would be, you know, cutting-edge resources to, to delve into. It would be, be a lot of work. There would be a lot of reading, I know. Probably papers to write. It would take probably hundreds and hundreds of hours to complete. But as somebody once said, anything worthwhile in life is uphill. But if I were to take, let's just say, half of that amount of time, just half of the amount of time, instead of doing a doctorate of ministry program, if I were to take just half of that amount of time and spend it with the Lord in solitude, in listening to Him, in taking my marching orders from Him, and reflecting on his truths and principles that are found in this book. Building a foundation and character on a rock. If I were to do that, I'd be way further ahead than any doctorate of ministry program. There is nothing that can match you and I spending unhurried, uninterrupted, regular, consistent time with the Lord. Nothing. These last couple of weeks when I was trying to get my head wrapped around about how I was going to go about this message, I actually I, I gave some thought to talking about you know, what you need to know to have a successful devotional life. Maybe sharing some things like, you know, a simple acronym tool to help guide you in your devotional time with God. And I've actually put together a sheet kind of along those lines that may help you with that. So hopefully maybe, you know, on your way out this morning, you can pick one of these up from one of the ushers on your way out, maybe this will be of help to you. But you know what? This really isn't the issue. It's not the what you need to know, it's the why. It's the why behind making it happen in 2023 if you and I are going to grow closer to God. Simon Sinek was right. When he said, it's not the why people buy what you do. It's not, the, it's not the what people buy. It's the why you do it. It's the why that you do it. And hopefully I have at least shared with you the why behind why it's important to have a, a regular, consistent, devotional life 
with Christ. You, you are a smart person to figure out what you need to do. Because as I've said already, that's not the issue. It's whether or not you are going to do it and why you are going to do it, to put into regular practice, to have the discipline, to have the commitment, to be intentional about following through on it. That's the issue. Nine percent. Nine percent. Do you want to be the one in ten persons? This past Friday, I was at the dentist. I was actually looking forward to it, believe it or not. Because the previous time I was at the dentist was on October the 7th. When they always ask me the same question, they always ask me, are you flossing your teeth? Are you? <laughs> and I always say to them the same answer. I want to say to the hygienist, I said, why are you asking me that question? I said, you know the answer to that. You can tell. And I always have to give them the same answer. No, I'm not. I'm, I know I should. I, you know, I always tell them the same thing. On October the 7th, they told me that my gums were starting to recede and they were starting to pull away from my teeth early in the onset of early signs of gum disease. Well, guess what? The next day, I started to floss my teeth. And I haven't missed a day since, other than maybe a couple since October the, October the 7th. So this past Friday when I saw the hygienist, I said, you haven't asked me the question. She says, what question? I said, am I flossing my teeth? And she says, I know you're flossing your teeth. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> See, I got motivated. And what gets you motivated keeps you motivated. Or what keeps you motivated gets you motivated. Regarding anything in life, including having a regular, quiet, qualitative time with God. As John Maxwell once said, your determination determines what will come your way. And my hope is that you will not be inclined to pray this prayer one day. Holy One, there is something I wanted to tell you. But there have been errands to run, bills to pay, arrangements to make, friends to entertain, washing to do, and I forget what it is I wanted to say to you. And mostly I forget what I'm about or why. Oh God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. See, it's a reflection of what can happen. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It's just what can happen when we don't resist that temptation or we don't resist 
what is really kind of some inertia or what is actually a tendency for us to drift because we were never meant to drift through life, hoping for good outcomes. Drift will never take you there. It takes intentional, motivated discipline to have a regular, consistent, devotional time with the Lord if you and I are to grow closer to him in 2023. Are you motivated to do so? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible gift of being able to connect with you, to personally know you, to hear from you, to be led by you, to be shaped by you, all because of what your son Jesus has done for us and, and the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have deposited in those of us who have taken up your invitation. And we pray knowing that we often bump up against the challenge of, of disciplined, quiet times of solitude spent with you. Help us to overcome and be more than intentional about having devotional times with you. Help us to take steps to make it happen. For we truly do want to grow closer to you this year. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to take some time to respond and worship in song. And then there's going to be a time just in a few minutes for you to, to come and pray. The front will be open. Maybe you want to respond to... Uh, what you heard this morning. Maybe you have a need or a burden you're carrying for yourself or someone else. We want to take this time just to meet with God. So we're just going to play through this song and um, just going to invite you to stand. And if you want to come to the front, please feel free to come. Pastor Mike is going to pray for us. If you're at home online watching, you can pray where you are. God is here, let's wait on him.
forward to pray if you want, or you can stay where you are. God is here to meet us. My soul is for you, and oh, my Lord, in your word I hope and wait. From the depths I cry to you, oh God, hear my cry in others that would still like to come. Father, as we bow before you in this moment, we are mindful of in our heads saying that we want a relationship with you. And somehow it takes a while to get from our heads to our hearts, to our feet and to our hands and to our knees. And other things press in around us and we miss that opportunity to find that time to be with you. And we acknowledge like any good relationship, it takes time. And sometimes it takes even hours to wrestle through some of the concerns that we have and some of the issues that we have and some of our shortcomings. And Father, this morning as, as we continue to launch into 2023 and to be engaged with you, we're thankful for this word this morning that Pastor Grant has brought to us that has reminded us of it's not so much about the what, it's about the why. Why are we doing this? It's so that we can be connected to you. 
Thank you that you continue to reach out to us, but we desire to have that close relationship with you, and we desire to be drawn close to you. And whether we're kneeling at this altar up here this morning, or whether we're standing, or whether we're, we're viewing from so, somewhere around the world today, this message may find a lodging place in our heart and move from our heads down into our hearts and allow us to act upon it to have that devoted time with you. Because we know the results are beautiful. The results are wonderful. And so, Father, we pray that you would hear our prayers as we lift them up to you, as we wait upon you. And if we have more time today, Father, I just pray that you'll allow us to be able to spend some time with you. Thank you for what you're going to do. Continue to pour out your blessing on this church and on these individuals as they seek after you. We pray in Jesus' name. Friends, would you receive the benediction? As you head into a new week, remember it's the time that we take to connect with Jesus that allows for his rich life to flow into us and make us vibrantly alive. Our part is just simply to spend quiet, regular, consistent time with him to make that happen. Because your motivation and determination will affect what comes your way. Have a great Sunday. You still want to consider membership? Just want to...